We want to take a second to thank you for supporting Womance by listening to our podcast. One great way that you can continue supporting us, including those listens, is hitting subscribe, telling a friend, leaving a review. That stuff all really matters. Sharing it on your personal social media is another great way to spread the word about Womance. And another option for supporting us, if we may be so bold, is to recommend going to our Patreon, where you can donate as little as a dollar a month to help us spread the word of woe. If you want to contribute more than a dollar a month, which obviously no pressure, whatever you've got, we are so appreciative to have, but we have awesome gifts for you. If you want a hand-addressed letter from Morgan and Isabeau, maybe with some special woe stickers other merch just uh, visit our patreon we are womance on patreon or is it patreon.com forward slash womance we would be very proud to call you one of our patrons hello welcome to the womance public access read-along of pride and prejudice by none other than jane austen my name is Morgan. I am your odd chapter reader. And my name is Isabeau, and I am your even chapter reader. And this episode, you join us for chapter 39. 39! Feeling fine. Isabeau, tell us what happened in chapter 38, if you wouldn't mind. Listen, Lizzie turns out to be a kind of uncool, cringe, earnest girl kind of dramatic a little bit of a rachel berry from glee uh very uh, there at the end um and what happened in the chapter in its most literal terms is she said goodbye to her cousin who told her that she had a good time and that she should report back to hertfordshire that she had a good time and that he and charlotte are made for each other and that she should tell everyone that and then she had a sad feel about charlotte knowing that it wasn't true but also being sort of happy that none of the charms of being in charge of her own money being in charge of her own house and being in charge of her own staff hadn't lost its charm for dear old charl she likes it she likes the domesticity all right here we are chapter 39 it was the second week in may in which the three young ladies set out together from Grace Church Street for the town of Blank in Hertfordshire. And, as they drew near the appointed inn where Mr. Bennett's carriage was to meet them, they quickly perceived, in token of the coachman's punctuality, both Kitty and Lydia looking out of a dining room upstairs. These two girls have been above an hour in the place, happily employed in living and visiting an opposite milliner, watching the sentinel on guard and dressing a salad and cucumber. <laughs> Oh, is that is that a euphemism? <laughs> Are they dressing a cucumber, if you know what I mean? Dressing a salad and cucumber. After welcoming their sisters, they triumphantly displayed a table set out with such cold meat as an inn larder usually affords, exclaiming, Is not this nice? Is not this an agreeable surprise? Cold cuts and a cucumber. <laughs> a 15-year-old. I made a charcuterie. <laughs> Sounds like my Friday night. <laughs> <coughs> 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 
And we mean to treat you all, added Lydia. But you must lend us the money, for we have just spent ours at the (laughs) shop out there. Typical. Then showing her purchases. Look here, I have bought this bonnet. I do not think it is very pretty, but I thought I might as well buy it as not. I shall put... Pull it to pieces as soon as I get home and see if I can make it up any better. How resourceful of you, Lydia. To buy a new hat that you hate to make it over again. To make it, well, maybe she found it on sale. Doesn't mean she should have bought it if she thought it wasn't that pretty. <laughs> I can't have this conversation with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and when her sisters abused it as ugly, <laughs> she added with perfect unconcern, Oh, but there were two or three much uglier in the shop. And when I have bought some prettier colored satin to trim it with fresh, I think it will be very tolerable. Besides, it will not much signify what one wears this summer, after the Blankshire have left Meryton, and they are going in a fortnight. Are they indeed? cried Elizabeth with the greatest satisfaction. They are going to be encamped near Brighton. I do so want Papa to take us all there for the summer. It would be such a delicious scheme, and I dare say would hardly cost anything at all. Mama would like to go, too, of all things. Only think what a miserable summer else we shall have. Yes, thought Elizabeth, that would be a delightful scheme indeed, and completely do for us at once. Good heaven, Brighton, and a whole camp full of soldiers to us— who have been overset already by one poor regiment of militia and the monthly balls of Meryton. Now I have some news for you, said Lydia, as they sat down to table. What do you think? It is excellent news, capital news, and about a certain person that we all like. Jane and Elizabeth looked at each other, and the waiter was told that he need not stay. Lydia laughed and said, Aye, that is just like your formality and discretion. You thought the waiter must not hear as if he cared. I dare say he often hears worse things said than I am going to say. But he is an ugly fellow. I am glad he is gone. I never saw such a long chin in my life. Well, but now for my news. It is about dear Wickham. Too good for the waiter, is not it? There is no danger of Wickham's marrying Mary King. There's for you. She has gone down to her uncle in Liverpool, gone to stay. Wickham is safe. And Mary King is safe, added Elizabeth, safe from the connection imprudent as to fortune. She is a great fool for going away if she liked him. But I hope there is no strong attachment on either side, said Jane. I'm sure there is not on his. I will answer for it. He never cared three straws about her. Who could about such a nasty little freckled thing? God damn, Lydia. Lydia? Oof spicy this afternoon with your cucumber she got she got herself some cucumbers she got herself some cold cuts she got herself an ugly bonnet on sale and her sisters were mean about it she is higher than a kite i know exactly the state of mind lydia is (laughs) nothing can touch lydia (laughs) lydia bennett untouchable She, she's like Bradley Cooper in that oh, movie. Where yeah, he dude, takes in every movie. And he can access all parts of his brain at once. Limitless. Elizabeth was shocked to think that, however incapable of such coarseness of expression herself, the coarseness of the sentiment was little other than her own breast had formerly harbored and fancied liberal. Well, come a long way, baby. You have. As soon as all had ate and the elder ones paid, 
The carriage was ordered. And the elder ones paid. Classic. Classic sibling stuff. (laughs) Yeah, dude, you can tell Jane Austen's an oldest child. And after some contrivance, the whole party, with all their boxes, work bags, and parcels, and the unwelcome addition of Kitty's and Lydia's purchases, were seated in it. How nicely we are crammed in, cried Lydia. (laughs) I am glad I bought my bonnet, if it is only for the fun of having another band box. (laughs) Now let us be quite comfortable and snug, and talk and laugh all the way home. And in the first place, let us hear what has happened to you all since you went away. Have you seen any pleasant men? Have you had any flirting? I was in great hopes one of you would have got a husband before you came back. Jane will be quite an old maid soon, I declare. She's almost three and twenty. Lord, how ashamed I should be of not marrying before three and twenty. My Aunt Phillips wants you... So to get husbands, you can't think. She says Lizzie had better have taken Mr. Collins, but I do not think there would have been any fun in it. Lord, how I should like to be married before any of you, and then I could chaperone you about to all the balls. Dear me, we had such a good piece of fun the other day at Colonel Foster's. Kitty and me were um, to spend the day there, and Mrs. Foster promised to have a little dance in the evening. By the by, Mrs. Forster and me are such friends. And so she asked the two Harringtons to come, and Harriet was ill, and so Penn was forced to come by herself. And then, what do you think we did? We dressed up Chamberlain in women's clothes on purpose to pass for a lady. Only think what fun. Not a soul knew it but Colonel and Mrs. Forster, and Kitty and me, except for my aunt, for we were forced to borrow one of her gowns, and you cannot imagine how well he looked when Denny and Wickham and Pratt and two or three more of the men came in. They did not know him in the least. Lord, how I laughed, and so did Mrs. Forster. I thought I should have died, and that made the men suspect something, and then they soon found out what was the matter. That's a pretty good jape, honestly. Um, also, like, queer history is everywhere. Everywhere! I think the soldiers knew. Oh, and yeah. And I think it just made... And they're like, Chamberlain? Chamberlain probably does that on the reg and is, like, looking for a... Oh, no! Oh, no Don't put me in a dress! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yellow isn't my color. <laughs> With such kind of histories of their parties and good jokes did Lydia, assisted by Kitty's hints and additions, endeavor to amuse her companions all the way to Longbourn. Elizabeth listened as little as she could, but there was no escaping the frequent mention of Wickham's name. Their reception at home was most kind. Mrs. Bennet rejoiced to see Jane in undiminished beauty, and more than once during dinner did Mr. Bennet say voluntarily to Elizabeth, I am glad you are come back, Lizzie. Oh, Dad. Ugh. Their party in the dining room was large, for almost all the Lucases came to meet Mariah and hear the news, and various were the subjects which occupied them. Lady Lucas was inquiring of Mariah across the table after the welfare of pult- and poultry of her eldest daughter. Mrs. Bennet was doubly engaged, on one hand collecting an account of the present fashions from Jane, who sat some way below her, and on the other hand reta- retailing them all to the younger Miss Lucases. And Lydia, in a voice rather louder than any other person's, was enumerating the various pleasures of the morning to anybody who would hear her. Oh, Mary, said she, I wish you had gone with us, for we had such fun. As we went along, Kitty and me drew up all the blinds and pretended there was nobody in the coach, and I should have gone so all the way if Kitty had not been sick. And when we got to the George, I do think we behaved very handsomely, for we were treated 
the three, the other three with the nicest cold luncheon in the world. And if you would have gone, we would have treated you too. And then when we came away, it was such fun. I thought we should never have gotten to the coach. I was ready to die of laughter. And then when we were so merry all the way home, we talked and laughed so loud that anybody might have heard us ten miles off. To this, Mary very gravely replied, Far be it from me, my dear sister, to depreciate such pleasures. They would doubtless be congenial with the generality of female minds, but I confess they would have no charms for me. I should infinitely prefer a book. (laughs) Mary. But of this answer, Lydia heard not a word. She seldom listened to anyone for more than half a minute and never attended to Mary at all. In the afternoon, Lydia was urgent with the rest of the girls to walk to Maryton and see how everybody went on, but Elizabeth steadily opposed the scheme. It should not be said that the Miss Bennets could not be at home half a day before they were in pursuit of the officers. There was another reason for her opposition. She dreaded seeing Wickham again and was resolved to avoid it as long as possible. The comfort to her of the regiment's approaching removal was indeed beyond expression. In a fortnight they were to go, and once gone, she hoped there would be nothing more to plague her on his account. She had not been many hours at home before she found that the Brighton scheme, of which Lydia had given them a hint at the inn, was under frequent discussion between her parents. Elizabeth saw directly that her father had not the smallest intention of yielding, but his answers were at the same time so vague and equivocal that her mother, though often disheartened, had never yet despaired of succeeding at last. Should have come with a trigger warning. If you're going to show me myself in the form of Lydia Bennett. Lydia Bennett. Give me a heads up. Honestly, I don't hate what Lydia's throwing down in this chapter. She's, this is actual comic relief. It's so funny. It breaks the tension. She's so funny. She's so exaggerated. Like, I almost died of laughter. I almost died of laughter. But also, like, she's fucking bored, right? And she's, like, a charming and vivacious, outgoing human being Mm -hmm. in small, rusticating rural England with a dad who doesn't like her and a mom who's, like, constantly worried about whether or not the older girls are going to get married well she's she is her mother's daughter totally you know like her mom i think would be this vivacious and fun if she didn't have mr bennett the weight of all of four daughters five daughters five daughters to on her shoulders yeah. yeah yeah i uh i love that she bought a bonnet on clearance and is like, I'll just fix it up into something else. I also know? love how mean her sister's she, about it. She's like, there are much uglier ones. Yeah. And, yes. Yes. And also she's like excited just to have the band box. Right. And to be all crammed into the carriage. And she's like, how fun is this? She keeps saying she treated her sisters to lunch, but she and made no them pick up the her tab. Yeah. Classic baby stuff. Classic baby stuff. I'll tell you what, baby fucks with babies. We might be the only two people in the world besides every other youngest child who loves this chapter it's so funny she's so funny and i think this is also the first time that like i've ever really been able to appreciate lydia yeah because like she's just ridiculous in the film adaptations yeah she is but like this is a sister who's so excited that her older sisters are home and she just wants to tell them about all the fun stuff that she's done and now they're going to do fun stuff together and she just wants to be in the car with them. <laughs> like, part yeah. of this, like, you know, it reminded me of like when my sister would come home and we'd like pick her up from the airport and like I never asked her about her. I'm like, guess what I did? 
Yeah. I needed Let me catch you up on me. I needed my big brother's approval of what I was doing yes. more than I had any interest in what he was doing. No. What For is what is what is an older sibling doing if not approving or disapproving of your cool choices? Also, we are now in our thirties and forties <laughs> respectively, and he still gets the check and I don't even look at it if we go somewhere together. I don't I need to I need to start paying <laughs> The first time my sister and I split a bill, I felt like such a big girl. Like the goddamn Pope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm the baby sister. Look what we can do now as equals, but also I'm slightly more equal than you because I'm the baby sister and I'm doing this together. Like, <laughs> also, this will never happen again. <laughs> this was just for the thrill of it. The one time, like skydiving. <laughs> I love you so much. Look at how big I am. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Being a baby is the most fun. That's true. Everybody loves us. <laughs> they do. I mean, everything that oldest and middles fear is correct. Can oh. confirm. Yeah. I say this all the time and like, you know. So the human being I am married to has two younger siblings and the baby of that family is the universal family favorite. And every time I say this, she's like, no. And I'm like, listen, you don't grow have to, up. Right. I'm like, who is this for? It's not like the sympathy Olympics. You know what? We do, I'm also a baby. I, you I, like, I get drop what, the like, act. Right. Like, I know what it is. And then she's like, you know, she's like, well, mom's, you know, really loves, you know, John. And I'm like, listen. I'm not talking about individual relationships. I'm like, as a family unit, yeah. you are the uncontested favorite. And like, that's what a baby does. To be a favorite is not to be a most loved. No. No. It can be that. It can't. Sure. I bet that's true. But I think to be a favorite is more about being like... Everyone tolerates you and your eccentricities and also yes. like, supports you in it. Not a single one of Lydia's older siblings is contesting the fact when she says, and I treated them. Like, not <laughs> yes. even Kitty yeah. is disputing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Lydia isn't the youngest. Isn't Mary the youngest? No, Mary's the middle of five. She's like dead third. Like she is the the bad part of the seesaw. Bless her heart. Yeah. From two Lydia's. <laughs> to all of you. To all of you. <laughs> Loosen your prejudices. But never your pride. <laughs> Get that ugly hat, bitches. You deserve yeah, it. you beautiful baby. Mwah. Woli guacamole, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of Womance. Womance is hosted, produced, and edited by my friend Morgan. And by my friend Isabel. Our logo artwork is by another friend, Mary Reichman. You can find her on Instagram at m.reichman, spelled R-E-I-S-C-H-M-A-N-N. Original music by Nick Gravelin. And our webmistress is Jane Bonzak. They're the best. You're also the best. We so appreciate your support by listening. Please consider taking this to the next level by following, rating, and reviewing. We read every single review. Or even check us out on Patreon. If you'd like more woe in your life, you can connect with us on Instagram at womance and on Twitter where we are at mans underscore woe. Or you can find more episodes and content at womancepodcast.com. 
If you have an idea or just want to reach out, please email womancemail at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Womance is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts to add to your romance collection at frolic.media backslash podcasts. Until next time.